if you can automate few of my workings that will help my workload because the person can only process so much information is it if you can integrate the business rules as part of the workflow and some of the simpler or repetitive decisions can be made by the system then they can only look into excel right so that one was very multiple places we have heard about this is episode number 141 with sid guha Joining me today on this episode of Transform Talks is Sid Guha, Senior Director at Tata Cognitive Solutions. Sid has 17 years of transformative experience in supply chain. He shares a plethora of knowledge on digital transformation and critical factors to consider in implementation. One is synchronizing customer expectations of solving a problem with the actual business use case. Then it's about understanding the economic value of that change. When dealing with multi-year transformation projects, Sid emphasizes the necessity of breaking them down into smaller chunks, clarify what the two-week business case is, and only move forward once that's been successfully implemented. If there's a hiccup in the change, no problem. Dealing with a smaller scale of change makes it easier to revert back to how things were before and to try again. Sid gives us insights into the recipe for an optimal digital transformation. Consider the process, the data, the partners, all coming together. How will people interact with it? And how will they make decisions? Sid and I delve into supply chain control towers and their function in digital transformation. Sid also highlights other tips to maneuver and respond successfully during project implementation. So let's dive in. Hey Sid, welcome to Transform Talks. Thanks for being here. Thanks Maria, I appreciate you know, uh, inviting me to this forum. Looking forward to having a good discussion around digital transformation. Well, that's the thing, digital transformation, so many failure rates, you know, the failure rate is quite high. So I guess let's jump into my first question uh, here, because I think we should talk about that. So you've got a lot of experience in the supply chain industry. Do you think that a lot of companies that fail at digital transformation are perhaps maybe destined to fail before they even start? Probably because their transformations that people are proposing perhaps are maybe disconnected from ground operations, you know, to, to, to even realize the kind of problem they're trying to solve? I, I think it's not, you know, how it is, I would say, is for digital transformation, when we are working with a lot of our clients and customers, you know, they have the right idea. The stakeholder has the right idea. Where it sometimes fails is the resolution of understanding of how to solve the problem, right? In certain mm-hmm. cases, some people have a very high level expectation and idea of how the problem needs to be solved. Sometimes it is very low. To give you an example, right, maybe let me start on the low level. Say, suppose a company is having problem with forecasting, right? So the mm-hmm. forecasting is accuracy is not good. Maybe the problem is the salespeople are not forecasting on all the SKUs and all the parts. Okay, let's add that as part of the digital transformation. Yeah. where they can forecast and all this. And as you can think about it, it is kind of destined to fail in that point because now you are asking the sales guys to go and forecast at all levels, right? So, right. or you go at a very high level where they say, oh, I want better synchronization with my suppliers and the expectations or the rules of engagement are not set. So understanding those use cases initially what is the economic value of it are, I would say, is, are very paramount to a successful business. That makes sense. I mean, I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done, perhaps, in the 
pre-implementation stage, don't you think, you know, once they're preparing to to transform their organization? Do you think that that's critical for success? Yes, I would say, you know, one of the things is you need to have a very responsive partner because in this today's world, it's very dynamic, right? So you need, you cannot be very rigid. You know, in the last two years, we have seen things change so rapidly. So you, someone who can quickly replan things and do, I think that is part of the pre-work needed or and the other thing comes to my mind is more of what is your fallback option, right? If if suppose things are not going good, how do you quickly fall back to your previous position? And to that point, what is needed more is having breaking down into smaller chunks. So not create this huge transformation program, you know, multi-generational, multi-year, but break it into very small chunks as all as like use case, I will be working for the next two weeks. These are the benefits. These are the users. And just making it so small so that even if you fail, it doesn't matter. You can go back. A lot of people try to bite off more than they can chew. Yes, I think that is, you know, layering it. A lot of companies want to go to that, you know, that best in class, what is everyone wants to achieve. But in order to go there, there are steps. Right. I think the steps is what a lot of times it gets missed. I think a little bit thinking of, okay, what do I need to do today? And then once I reach a certain level of stability, I move into the next level and then to the next. I think that helps out. So do you think perhaps maybe stakeholders that are responsible for digital transformation aren't able to clearly identify the success factors that they want? The success factor you know, for digital transformation, maybe just a little bit background. Today, what is happening is with this whole digital twin concept or technology, it's the combination of people, process, data, and partners. So all these come together for a successful digital transformation. So for stakeholders, so in the past, it was all about, I need to connect these systems and all that. But today, it is more of not just a system. I need to understand how people with will interact with the technology, right? How they will, it will be integrated into their process. How will data come together, right? What are the inputs, outputs? All these different things needs to be considered or by the stakeholders in order for a digital transformation. So it's not just an information technology exercise. It's almost like a human to human exercise, right? You need to understand how the organization behaves and not only organization and their partners and then how all it needs to come together. Well, I I was just going to ask you about the human element, right? You know, because a lot of the digital transformation failures are down to tech adoption issues, you know, Uh, there's, that's some of the biggest barriers to successful transformation. So how, how do you make sure that your people are actually equipped and more importantly, willing to embrace the technology and the new processes that come with it? Yes. So, you know, what we kind of also talk about is what we say is analog versus digital, right? Yeah. It is still a digital world, but end of the day, there is a person who has to make the decision, right? Mm -hmm. Has to do something for that series of actions to happen. So Mm -hmm. what we are, we need to concentrate on is the people aspect of it, how they would use the technology, right? Not just 
putting a lot of data and information on them which they cannot process? How can we automate things and making the people, the persona very specific and building around it? And what we have seen is once you do that, and when they start using it, they can see that they can get to that end-to-end visibility, the user interface, user interaction is simpler, it's giving them benefit right now, they start, you know, uh, using it more. So basically, and we solve their problems. We try to, solve their but problems. you know what, I want to, I, I want to take a step back, though, because I think sometimes there's also a business disconnect with the day-to-day of what, say, a person on the shop floor or on the ground is actually going through. And then the manager comes in and says, hey, I've got a, you know, I've got a new piece of tech that I want you to implement uh, without really understanding what they do. Do, do you have any examples for instance, of where of, of that kind of thing and whether or not tackling the people element has helped with transformation? The people, I will give you maybe a slightly different, uh, you know, example, but it's related. So we had, you know, in a company, you know, with all these constraints, they were uh, having a huge backlog. So the master scheduler used to go through, you know, series of spreadsheets, which is always difficult to manage, going through trying to make a decision of what can be built. Right. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of time the information is there, but he was unable to process through it because Cause there's a lot. There's yeah, a lot of data. Right. A lot of data. And then you just run out of time. So there was lost opportunity because, you know, the thing is, it's like if we focus about the person and what he was saying is, if you can automate few of my workings, that will help my workload because the person can only process so much information. He said, if you can integrate the business rules as part of the workflow, and some of the simpler or repetitive de- decisions can be uh, made by by the system, then they can only look into accept. Right. So that one was very, uh, you know, kind of, you know, multiple places we have heard about. So I guess it goes back to the point that you made about the pre. I don't know, uh, pre-work, you know, the, 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 the pre-scoping work is, is vital. Maybe to get on the ground floor and understand what problem you're trying to solve for each individual person uh, and then couple that with what problem the business is trying to solve uh, yeah. in general, right? Uh, and then look at uh, what the technology, maybe the technology then can help service those two things. That will speak to better adoption, yeah? That will speak to better adoption. And what I mentioned earlier, right? The people, the process, the data, the partners, all coming together, how people will interact to it, how will they make decisions, all that coming together is what will be a good recipe of digital transfer. Well, we, you, you use a, a very important term there, partners. We haven't talked about that. And I think, do you think, so here's two questions. Do you think that a lot of organizations that are looking to implement digital transformation technology consider truly consider their partners in all of this uh that's question one and therefore number two do you think that there needs to be a special kind of relationship between the partner and the organization in order to uh to 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 eliminate adoption issues yes so on the first one the partner is something kind of i would say in the last couple of years it's increasing because in the past, corporations would be looking into, you know, my tier one supply, but now they are thinking about tier two, tier three, where the product is being built, where is its source, how does that, so they are getting interested into. And if you think about over the years, the supply chain has also kind of segmented into 
every company is making a decision should i make or buy right should i outsource so over the years the vertical integration has reduced to everyone is outsourcing certain part of it so that's how the overall not the business has become complex overall supply and value chain has become more complex so that awareness i would say has improved in the last couple of years definitely because they have understood companies is it's not just about interacting or you know kind of yelling at the tier one to give me more material but it's working with them and understanding what are the challenges downstream from there is can i can i shift gears a little bit briefly to supply chain control towers because you mentioned it uh, a little bit before so are they really going to disrupt digital transformations so how i see is you know the supply chain control towers primary objective is to provide stability and then synchronization and orchestration these are the three fundamentals of any control tower right and in order to answer it, would it you know disrupt i would say it's more of an enabler because today why these control towers are becoming more and more important is the variability in supply is you know significant and also that is adding to a lot of variability in demand managing all this through spreadsheets is becoming more and more difficult that's why we are the breakpoints well I was going to say, forget difficult. It's going to be impossible. impossible. I, mean, I, don't, I can't. Ima- I can't imagine a company in this climate that is going to hope to survive yeah. while managing things via multiple spreadsheets. Correct. Yeah, we, you know, companies can have as much as hundred thousand spreadsheets just to manage their business. And how it works is, you know, you would download information from your ERP system put it there and then use emails and you know to run the business basically so the control towers is actually i would say enable the whole digital transformation because it will become more ingrained with those three elements which every company is looking for how do i give a stability to my business and you start by giving you know one day stability then two day three day you start expanding that horizon how do i synchronize my demand and supply not just between within my ecosystem but also beyond with my partners and then the orchestration part of it which is the whole collaboration between all these partners so that would mean everyone is kind of working towards the same pulse right and i think if everyone's on, on the same track everything's everyone's working the same then that way you well in reality you're able to have a more smoother operation and then you get more adoption and uh etc and we also briefly... reduce the latency. Sorry to interrupt. I, yeah, no, no, go for it. I, I agree with you. They reduce latency. Yeah. Between the, you know, in the past, we have seen from a change of signal between an OEM and we mapped out in various exercises where we saw that change in signal to the tier one can take up to three months and sometimes to the tier two, maybe six months. Right. Okay. How do you reduce that latency? So that if when changes happen, I can, you know, I know it sooner. I think that will be the whole, you know, very important thing as part of the whole digital. But you know what, Sid, I think, I think in the world that we live in today, you know, with all of the disruption, crisis upon crisis upon crisis, I mean, this is not going away, right? So how important is it going to be to reduce those latency periods? How important is it going to be to, you know, to have access to real-time information you know to make better decisions it, it will be very important i will give you one example of with one of the uh, you know companies uh, i've worked with it was very interesting their production department was trying to forecast what they need to build for the next month 
right? Where and they were trying to forecast based on historical sales what they have sold in the last few years. And as you know, today the past is not the future. So they were trying to do that, but at the same time, the sales team is saying is, you know, I have the actual order from the customer. I know exactly what needs to be built. But they were saying is I don't have a mechanism where I can quickly share that with the factory because of these multiple systems, multiple different layers and complexity of the business. So if you think about it, you have the real information of what I need to build, but you're not using it or rather you're basing it on a forecast, which is based on an historical information to run your factory. So reducing that latency is would be very, very, very helpful to business. To me, that's an example, perfect example of what we say when the dog, no, wait, the tail is wagging the dog, not the other way around. So basically, you've got systems that impose their way of working that forces you to work outside of stuff that actually makes sense and works. So you've got your salespeople with the order forms, with information straight from the ground and no way to actually get that to the people that need it. Yeah, correct. So the the information is there, but the mechanism to... kind of share it quickly at the right resolution with the operations is not there. That is what needs to be, I think everyone is trying to build that. How can I reduce that latency, build that as part of my operating? So with with companies that perhaps are already within a digital transformation journey, because it's an ongoing, it's not a finite journey. Digital transformation is not one of those things that I've done it once, therefore I'm done. But for companies that are in the middle of this, in a volatile environment, what advice would you have for them to uh, to ensure that they get better success rates? I think what they need to constantly look into is, you know, that whole things of sense and respond, right? Are they, are, are, is that improving my ability to sense change and the ability to respond to it? So not to just make it a digital journey, but also connecting it with the business. Right. So a lot of times the IT structures and all those are separate from uh, from the whole uh, the business side of it. So making sure throughout this digital transformation that I am actually uh, solving the business problem and there is economic value. in it, Right. So that will always make sure that I am in sync with my business. So that is very important, I would say, for the company to always gauge and also do it in smaller chunks. Right, rather than having a multi-year, multi-year, three-five-year plan, it's very difficult to execute. There is a lot of complexity and in, in that. Right, so if we can make it uh, smaller chunks, that will always help. What is the one message? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you do this in one message. Imagine. So you probably have a million messages, but I'm gonna make you. What is the one message you think you'd want to leave your our listeners with? I think it was, you know, very similar to what I just mentioned. You know, the message would be more on that sense and response, right? So that is very critical. I know I mentioned it in the earlier uh, conversation too, but making sure throughout all the different things you are doing is that agility and flexibility of improving the agility and flexibility of the business, that will become the competitive edge for any business, right? So keeping that in mind, and doing the digital transformations at others would be very great. Well, on that note, Sid, I want to thank you for being here and for sharing your views with our audience. I'm sure we'll have you again. And uh, if anybody wants to reach you, no doubt they can find you on LinkedIn or they can uh, contact you at your company. Thank you, Maria, for the opportunity. Thank you. And for those of you listening, we'll catch you soon. Thanks so much. Thank you.